Hello and welcome back to the Pursue Your Spark podcast. I'm your host, Heike, and today we're diving into a topic that resonates with many of us in midlife, and that is the quest for love and companionship later in life. It's a common misconception that everybody is happily married by the time they hit their 40s. But the reality is far from this. Many of us find ourselves navigating the uncharted waters of single life after a long-term relationship or marriage. The prospect of stepping back into the dating scene can be daunting, especially in today's digital age where dating apps and online platforms have transformed the way we find love or companionship. For those of us in midlife, the new dating landscape can feel particularly alien and intimidating. But here's the good news. It is never too late to find love or companionship, and the digital age has brought with it opportunities that weren't available before. Our guest, Hoyt Prysak, is with us today to explore the possibilities of online dating. Hoyt, an entrepreneur who 19 years ago created an online speed dating platform that became a part of Match.com and at the age of 59 navigated his own journey through online dating after a 27-year marriage. His experience and curiosity about the online dating world led him to create Behind the Swipe podcast, sharing stories and insights to mystify online dating for those of us walking a similar path. So whether you're newly single or have been on the dating scene for a while, today's episode promises to shed light on finding love and companionship in midlife in the digital area. Let's dive into our feature content. Ready to get unstuck and recharge your midlife? It's Heike Yates here with the Pursue Your Spark podcast, your spot for a straightforward talk on fitness, nutrition, and a can-do mindset. With over a decade of experience, I specialize in empowering women in midlife to break through limiting beliefs and thrive. We'll dive into everything important for women in midlife, from conquering menopause to fine-tuning your metabolism and letting go of old beliefs that no longer serve you. So are you ready to say, yes, I can? Tune in and discover actionable steps that make midlife feel better than ever. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Hi, Hoyt. It is so nice to have you on the show. Heike, I'm so excited to do this. You've been doing such great work with Pursue the Spark. I've been listening and I love it. My pleasure. And likewise, I think we have to let the listeners know how we know each other because I always, they may think I meet people just virtually and we connect, but we actually met in person, Hoyt and I, at a the podcast movement conference. Wasn't that fun? It was great. It was an awesome conference. I learned so much and I met people like you who started their own podcast, have their own ideas about what to do and what what we need women and men in midlife. Absolutely. And I, I guess the best thing about that podcast conference for me was getting to meet people like you. And uh, you and I both came back with probably 15 or 20 people that have now become friends, which is fantastic. I love and we're that. all living in the same world. 
It is very true in the over 50 or midlife world. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Now, Hoyt, what values are most important to you? What values? Uh, authenticity is probably the core value that I have. Uh, authenticity paired with compassion are really the two key character ingredients that, that I like to make sure that I cultivate in myself. And I'm drawn to people with those characteristics as well. So really, those are the two core values that I hold. What does authenticity look like to you? So authenticity is not... So I'll tell you a story, Heike. When I was younger, really up until probably I was 40 or 45, I was... Um, a technology entrepreneur and pretty much had been for all of my life. And I had to have a suit of armor on when I showed up in the world. I had to embody a persona that fit that model so that I could raise money, so that I could get people excited about products and services. And somewhere around the age of 40, I just started to question that whole model. And I thought, you know, I'm not really showing up in the world as authentically who I am. I'm not risking vulnerability. I'm not out in the world in a way that feels comfortable to me. And so gradually, I think I just came to the point where authenticity to me, being it means not being afraid to show up as exactly who you are, not being afraid afraid to tell the truth to others and to yourself. Absolutely. That takes a lot of guts and a lot of clarity around who we are. It's, it's really surprising how freeing that is, especially as you begin to get older and you're able to let go of some of those uh, constrictions that existed with you when you were in your 20s and 30s, and even into your 40s. Um, they always seem to be there, don't they? <laughs> they really do. And they are. I mean, you know, you just still you fight those like every day. But if you're intentional about showing up as you, it's just a, a more peaceful and relaxing place to come from. Absolutely. Hoyt, you're a happily married guy and have been for a while now. How did you decide to start a podcast about online dating for the midlife crowd. And for those of you who don't know yet, the podcast is called Behind the Swipe. So tell us. So I had been fascinated with the world of online dating since about 2003, when one of the startups that I built was a company called Encounter Technologies. And what we did was to, do you remember the whole speed dating thing back in the day? Oh, yeah. It so was very speed, popular for a while. Very popular. You go to a restaurant, you sit in front of somebody for five minutes, and then you swap chairs and you meet eight or 10 people over the course of an hour, right? And right. then you sort of say, oh, yeah, I'm kind of interested in that person. And you do a comparison. Well, I and my team had built an online version of that where people could see each other and talk to each other for five minutes and rate the relationship. And we were fortunate enough to 
partner with Match.com and launch that as a Match.com service. So I've been interested in this. And then in 2015, I found myself a single older guy again. I was divorced. And so I found myself back in the, in the dating world again. And honestly, Heike, I had such a great experience with that. I met so many great people and I was collecting these stories from, from people, both men and women who were online dating. And I thought, well, this is, I should write a book about this. And so I, I, I said, Look, I mean, I'm a huge fan of interview programs like Terry Gross on, on Fresh Air. I love Terry Gross, the way that she interviews. And I wanted to, instead of writing about that, I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to have people on who would tell authentically their stories. And I could bring that to other people who might be a little concerned about online dating be confused about it, be intimidated by it, and and sort of shed light on how to really do that well. So that's what diff- brought me to it. And, and I will say that I met my wife five years ago on uh, on Bumble. We were online dating. That is then, so funny. And we oh were married God. a year later. So that's fantastic. Yes. You sound like a pro in online dating. You know what you were looking for. You know <laughs> what you didn't want. Because as you said, you know, people are afraid or worried about online dating because uh, how is online dating different for people in midlife than for the younger generations? You as, as the dating expert here, tell us. So Heike, I think from what I hear, I think that at midlife, people start to, we were talking about this before, start to shed all those facades that they might carry with them. They have a much clearer idea of who they are and who they would like to partner with mm-hmm. in midlife and later than you might have had in your, in your 20s and 30s. So you know more about yourself. You know more about the kind of person that you want to be with. And uh, here's a really important piece of this. Often, people who are dating in midlife and beyond are at a point where they've raised their kids. They're out of the house. They are actually, there's nobody watching over them, right? So they've got full control where, you know, you were, you were in a network before when you were, when you were younger and dating. So I just think it can be a much more freeing time to date when you're in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. Mm-hmm. I think that it is also more difficult to find a mate. When I think back in the days when I was single and dating, like the younger, air quotes, generation, uh, I would go to bars, I would go to dancing, I would go clubbing. And that's how I met my people. I didn't even think about much about it because that's how I found my dates. But now I can, at, at 62, I can't think of myself going to, to a club to start with 
or to a bar and hang out and thinking, okay, I'm the old chick in the room. They're all the youngins. Um, <laughs> you know, somebody's just going to look for a sweet mama who can pay for them or something like this. So it, That's feels, right. it feels awkward. It feels awkward. So finding love or, or even, you know, sometimes I think of online dating, not necessarily finding the, the person, but you mentioned that earlier, making friends along the way. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I think that that's one of the, when I hear advice that some of our experts that we have on the show give, more often than not, it comes up to, look, don't put a lot of expectation on a first meeting, right? A first meeting is not really a date, right? A first meeting is a get to know you session. And you really only have one question for yourself that you need to answer. And that is, do I want to see this person again? That person may become a friend. That person may become a lover. But you won't know until you get out there and go into that first set of interviews, right? And, and don't be afraid of it. Just, just be who you are in those first encounters and don't set expectations. Oh, maybe this is my person. Just don't do that. Right. Come at it and say, I get to meet somebody new today. I'm excited about that. How can you lose? That is so refreshing because I have several of my friends or, and clients who been telling them about their dating experience. And they oftentimes, especially from the woman's perspective, they, they go in with such high expectations into the date that, like you said, oh, this is just I'm going to check that person out. I'm going to meet that person. No expectations. And which brings me to the next questions, which are, what are the biggest mindset challenges for our midlifers when they're entering the dating scene? So I would say that there's uh, generally a lack of uh, self-confidence when you start out in this. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, we oftentimes don't have the physical characteristics that we had. 20 years before, right? We're maybe losing our hair as a guy or maybe carrying 15 or 20 pounds extra and you don't really feel that great about yourself. You may have come out of a relationship where you don't know who you are sexually anymore, right? So there are all of these doubts that you have. And the only way really to effectively address those is by getting out in the world meeting these people, because I guarantee you'll start to feel validation. If you come into it with confidence, it's only going to grow your confidence. Yeah, I think the first step is to 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 set up your profile. Let's, let's look at that a little bit to have even the confidence to create an online profile. What does it take? Because when I listen, I'm, I'm going back in my mind to what I hear from, from the women that talked about their dating experience. They're saying from their perspective, so I put up an authentic picture of me and I'm looking good. Yes, I want to have a good looking picture. And I write all these things about me. Now look at all these guys and then they don't look like themselves in the pictures when you meet them <laughs> in real person. 
there's like there, there's this guy who has is bald or he's huge and he's not five nine he's actually four three and these kind of things i think that's also the, the first hurdle what do we put on what do we get out and how do we how do we go through the the sea of of options yes absolutely and uh, to, to your point that you made about the difference between men men's profiles and women's profile that's absolutely true um, and one of the things that you have to keep in mind as an online dater is that men don't have the same sort of aesthetic sense of presentation that women do right women have grown up that way understanding how to fix their hair understanding how to take a picture men typically don't do that so when a guy say a 55 year old guy gets online he goes back to find pictures of, of himself and every one of them has got a family member in it every one of them is when he caught that big bass <laughs> so he doesn't know how to take a picture so you got to give him that and oftentimes he'll use one they're they're not trying to pull the wool over your eyes typically right but they're just going back to what they have right they're just going back to these old pictures and that's what they could that's what they could find so you have to kind of give them a little bit of grace with with that that's a nice way to phrase it i think you're absolutely right because the bass pictures just like rang a bell i was like yeah hey i'm joe <laughs> Well, I do try to encourage men to, so I, I was fortunate when I started online dating because my best friend in the world happens to be a professional photographer on the side. And it was just one day and uh, we had been at lunch working on a project together. And I said, hey, because he always has his camera with, I said, hey, I'm thinking about making a, an online dating profile. Can you? take a few shots and we probably spent 20 or 30 minutes on the, on those shots. So I lucked into some good photographs, which I think helped my success online. But I also did the second thing with those photographs, which is I had a friend of mine. I was living in San Francisco at the time. I had a friend of mine who was a woman and I said, can you help me select these pictures? Because my friend Sean had sent over 35 or 40 pictures and she could go right through it and say, yep, that one, not that one, this one, that one from her perspective. And she was a contemporary and a, and a very close friend of mine. So I trusted her as a friend and I trusted her as a woman to take the approach to say, all right, if I were looking online, which pictures tell the story of who Hoyt is. Yeah. So always get, get, get some help and preferably from somebody uh, of the opposite sex. Good point. Yeah. Cause don't take your best girlfriend who's saying, yeah, this is the best picture. Um, that's it. <laughs> I think that's a good advice because I can think of like, um, or actually what are the biggest mistakes men and women make when they begin to date online that you can think of? Well, I think the biggest mistakes and, and you touched on it when you talked about some of the experiences of, of the women that you've spoken with. And that is that they have such high expectations of, Oh, maybe this is the person. 
And, and think about hiking, what happens inside of you when you go into, you, you're already anxious because you're meeting a new person. Yeah. But your anxiety is heightened by the fact that you want this to be the person, right? And so you are not able to really relax and show up. And so it makes for a negative kind of, you know, experience. So I, 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 I keep going back to that advice that says, don't put that high bar on that first meeting. Just have fun. Hey, Taikin, I wanted to jump in really quickly to tell you about the Spark Breakthrough Calls. If you're ready to cut through the confusion and challenges in your health, fitness, and nutrition journey, and if you are fed up with those cookie-cutter fixes that never seem to get your result, and you're looking for clear, tailored guidance on your wellness journey, then the 20-minute Spark Breakthrough Call is for you. This 20-minute call is designed specifically for women in midlife that are serious about reclaiming their energy, vitality, confidence, and thrive. Together, we'll bring your health and wellness goals into sharp focus. It's about turning your dreams into plans. We'll shine a light on the obstacles that have been slowing you down. Knowing is half the battle, right? I'll give you one solid action step that you can take immediately after our call. It's all about small moves that make big waves. So, are you ready to make a real shift in your wellness journey? Then let's discover how you can overcome your challenges and take a decisive step forward. The link to book the call will be in the show notes. So don't wait any longer for the results that you want. Book your call now. Yeah, I, I really like that because I think um, actually a story I, I can share along those ways with one of my clients. And if she listens to this episode, she won't mind if I mention it because she was looking for love and she went, she didn't know what to do. So I said, well, just try one of those websites. And she's like, okay, I got a website on. Um, my bill picture up there and wrote all my, my credentials on there. And I said, what are you lo really looking for? And so she told me what she was looking for. And uh, years, way back when, when I was still dating, there was a show called The Millionaire's Matchmaker. And the millionaire's matchmaker was this woman who made matches with male or female people that had a lot of money who were looking for a partner. And uh, so every week or every other week, whenever it was, we were watching, the, I was watching the program. My daughter was still living with me. So she would be in her room and we respectively would watch the show. And at one point, she, my daughter said, hey, mom, did you submit your story? And I said, what story? She says, the French guy that's on there right now. And I said, no, I didn't. She's like, it's exactly what you told me about the French guy, which was not a good story. Um, <laughs> but it was reflected in that. So I got the book, The Millionaire's Matchmaker, because uh, what's her name? Patty Stanger had written a book about the show and the tips that she gave to little people to find love and what they're looking for. And it was in essence, there were 10 categories with subcategories and you had to pick through 
the 10 categories, pick your subcategory, go to the subcategory and narrow down your five must-haves in the person you're looking for. That's something. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I can't stand is somebody doesn't have good table manners. And at Uh that time, when I did the book, I actually went out with somebody who had terrible table manners. And I sat at the table with him and I started, we started eating and I knew, no, I cannot tolerate that. (laughs) Very funny. So I gave my client that book and I said, no, find out what you want. Do you really know who you're looking for? And it doesn't have to be the first date. It doesn't have to be, you know, that's the man. But if like in my case, I hate terrible table manners, this will not go away. It's one of those little nitpicking things that keep nagging on you. And the person could be the greatest thing. Um, and she just told me that after she, I think she went on 200 dates and uh, point to what you made earlier. Every first or second date, I'm dating. I said, no, you're not dating. You're weeding through the forest. And so now she's found somebody that she's been on many, many more dates with. Uh, I think it also when we're talking about the mistakes is we don't know what we want, what we're looking for. If we, And that's okay too, I think, if we're just looking. Yes. So Heike, I think that's an important point to, to hit. It is critical that you understand what your must-haves and your red flags are. But leave room for serendipity with this, right? Is that, oh, wait a minute now. Women often will say, oh, I, the person has to be over five foot 10. And the guy that might be the perfect match happens to be five, nine and a quarter. He's never going to show up for you, right? Or no, I'm going to swipe left on every bald guy that I see because I just don't want that. It's not attractive to me. Leave room for some serendipity because that's look, the exercise of dating online is as much about learning about yourself and learning about yourself in relation to other people as it is about the person across the table from you. And you just never know. I, my wife, Katie, and I are very, we grew up very differently. Her cultural sort of expectations of the world are very different, but that feeds us. So that's not one of those things. And I would not, knowing all of this, I would say, no, no I don't really want that. That's not the thing that I'm looking for. But that would have prevented this serendipitous relationship that we developed. And they're still happily enjoying every day. I love this. Now, we, what have you learned from behind the swipe with all your guests? And what have you found surprising in those moments? You if know, any. I, I, I think that I have been surprised at how often people hit burnout in the online dating process, right? Is, is that, no, this is not working for me. You know, I, I, and it is, it's work, you know, it's work to go do this. You are going to have to devote some time to it. And so uh, it's, it's disappointing 
to see people just sort of permanently give up. I, I guess, what are you going to do? You're going to wait for a handsome UPS man to show up at your door? <laughs> you never know. You might get lucky. You never know. <laughs> it's probably happened before. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. That's, I think that's a very good point. I love that. Now, when you're talking about dating, are there any rules? Because I think you're talking about three dating rules, if I remember correctly. So I would say that the, that the rules are first and foremost, understand why you're dating, right? Understand why you are wanting to be out there. You may be looking for that next life partner, perfectly legitimate. You may be looking for a, a companion, just somebody to go concerts with or go have dinner with, just somebody to do things with. So more casual, that's perfectly fine as well. Or you may be, you may be looking for a sexual intimacy partner. That's also legitimate, but just know that and own what it is that you're coming out into the, into the world with and for, because if you don't frame it that way for yourself, you're not going to have a good experience out there because you're not going to be able to communicate that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so that's, I think one of the big rules that, um, uh, you know, that people don't spend the time on themselves well enough. They'll put a profile together and just focus externally on these other people that they're that they're meeting mm -hmm. now the, the real work is in here right the real work is inside you yeah any any other rules that you can think of you know i, I would say that especially for people that um are in their 40s and 50s and maybe have been married for a long time you just don't understand the uh protocols i guess of of, of dating you know it, it's this whole thing of well all right it's not necessarily that the man is going to be more financially secure than the woman in this case well who is do you split the bill right do you how do you how do you navigate that are you holding doors for people to, you know, what is your, what, what is the, what is the protocol around that? And you just kind of have to feel your way through that. I mean, it's, that's the kind of thing where, you know, I would say, you know, in nine out of 10 cases, if there's a date set up and it's a drink or it's a, it's a, it's a dinner, nine times out of 10, the guy's going to offer to pay and he, and, and that's, that should be fine. Right. But you just have to, you have to be able to talk about these things, right? Just don't let them just sit, you know, unsaid there. And, and there's no problem with asking a lot of questions when you sit across from somebody the first time. There's no problem in asking a lot of questions before you actually have that first meeting, before you have that first date. Everybody's texting back and forth, right? Yep. It's fair to find out what it is that, what are you looking for? What am I looking for? Do we have enough here? to set up that, that first meeting. Yep. But too many rules, Heidi, I think can, can put the kind of structure on it that make you not available to what the universe is trying to bring you. Right. So if you, if you just go into it and again, this may be a friend, you may be friend zoning somebody here, 
that's fine. Everybody needs friends. You know, especially as we get older, empty nesters, the kids are all gone. You know, we don't have the kids play groups or their sports or things like that to bring us together with people. Find somebody to go hiking with. You know, this is what I think to a lot of my, my older clients or friends feel, like you said, uh, and okay, let me preface, preface this. They don't talk about what we, what we just talked about. Oh, who pays? Who does this? I want to know about that. They're all afraid to ask the basic questions because they're worried about the outcome that they may be rejected from even not knowing who that person is, that online person that they never met um, uh-huh. or may never meet, but their their lack of confidence in themselves is oftentimes, from my experience, holding them back to ask those simple questions. Mm-hmm. And, and I find that uh, bringing this around, if you are listening and you feel that you are not confident or you're you worried that you be rejected i want you to start exercising honestly if you need more confidence get your butt ski in gear go for a walk lift weights do pilates whatever it is but move your body and with that movement you will get more confidence you will say okay today i'm feeling really strong so i'm gonna meet this guy or girl and off i go i can do this what do you think oh i think the, I, I think you're absolutely spot on with that hiking because body confidence gives you a whole different aura when you walk in right if you feel good about yourself if you feel strong and fit if you feel like you're mentally there then that projects and there's there's nothing more alluring than confidence in another person. Most people want to find that, right? No matter your looks, no so matter that's, the I hair. That's a, that's, a, that's a great point. And you can tell a lot of, of, about a person by how important their health is to them, right? Mm-hmm. Do they take care of themselves? Because if they're not going to take care of themselves, they're not going to take care of you. Or the relationship. Or the relationship, that's correct. Yeah. 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 Now, I have one more question, and I'm not sure if you have an answer for that, but I thought I'll throw it out as I always do with my interviews is, what's an old school compliment that you think should make a comeback in online dating? <laughs> wow, let me think about that one. It doesn't have to be, it could be, it could be physical. It could be verbiage, but it's a compliment to the other person. You know, I want to say that it's doing simple things for another person with no expectation of return. So it might be opening the car door for somebody. It might be opening that front door, pulling a chair out. For someone. So, so I think that should, that chivalry is not dead and it should not die. I am all about opening the door business. 
If a man opens the door for me, I'm in heaven. And if you guys watch the video, you will see I just had a two thumbs up and Zoom did a whole fireworks <laughs> behind me. I have never seen this. This was cool. <laughs> so that's my thing. When somebody opens the door for me, the car door, the door door, I'm I'm like, okay, you definitely make the list because you know how to be courteous to another person. So. Uh, that's absolutely what it is. And it's just paying attention. It's, it's, it's a way of saying, I see you and I care about you. Yeah. Absolutely. So Hoyt, it has been a pleasure chatting with you, but how can my listeners reach out and learn more about you? So there are a couple of ways. First of all, Behind the Swipe podcast is available on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also find us online at, um, www.behindtheswipe.com, where we always have show notes for each episode that we that we do. So you can find the books that we re refer and the coaches that we talk about. Uh, and then we're on Facebook and on Instagram, on Instagram at um, uh, Behind the Swipe Podcast. So find us anywhere. Beautiful. Thank you, Hoyt. And um, we'll look up Behind the Swipe and learn more about online dating. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Heike. I've enjoyed this. So whether it's about building confidence in the dating scene or learning to present our authentic selves online, there's a lot we can take away from Hoyt's experiences and the stories from the Behind the Swipe podcast. Remember, it's never too late to find love or companionships and navigating the online dating world in midlife can be an adventure filled with growth and unexpected joys. We leave links in the show notes so you can reach out to Hoyt and listen to the Behind the Swipe podcast. But we also want to know how this episode resonated with you. Did it change your perspective on online dating? Do you have your own stories or tips to share? Your insights and experiences are valuable and we would love to hear them. Send us an email at heike at heikeyates.com with the subject dating and let us know your thoughts on episode number 206. So thanks for tuning in with us today and I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao!